helping someone get a job, that's one thing. But helping someone navigate their career, that's even better. Welcome to the Offer Podcast. This is Brandon Amorigi, your host. This is episode two, guest Tracy Wilk. Today, we're going to discuss how Tracy used specialized skills to make smart career decisions. When a lot of people think of career navigation, they think of Tracy Wilk. He is a true example of someone who's taken a skill set that he's learned over the years and made an incredible career out of it. From his first job being helping a credit card company send out junk mail, to him becoming a VP at Visa, to him becoming chief compliance officer at Google, and then now he trains executives on how to make huge transitional decisions in their careers and in their organizations. His pathway is literally the definition of career navigation. It's understanding the difference between taking a job skill and doing it well and understanding how you can impact your own career and others with that skill. Let's listen in on a phone call with Tracy and I as we discuss this exact career path. So yeah, so welcome guys. Today we're talking to Tracy Wilk, uh, ex-Googler, uh, and now runs a firm that's designed to help uh, VPs and executives, uh, you know, with tackling large transformational initiatives. Uh, Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks. I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> Absolutely. For those who don't know who you are. Um, can you give us the 30-second cliff notes of Tracy Wilk? Sure. Try and be brief. Uh, I live in the Bay Area, uh, went to local schools, uh, worked in financial services and technology companies for the last 30 years. Uh, they ranged from startups to Visa and Google. And after 30 years, decided that uh, it was time to do something else. And as you said, I'm now an executive coach. Awesome. Very cool. So let's jump in. Uh, talk about your early life. Tell us about the first job you ever had. The first job I ever had was working in a baby picture factory. Uh, oh, developing photos and cutting those little photos out and putting them in charms and uh, frames and sending them off to new mothers. <laughs> very good. Very good. That's awesome. You know, from that, from that role and working in that environment, um, you know, how old were you when you, when you, when you first worked in that, in that uh, environment? You know, I think I was 15 uh, and I held that job for a few years and, uh, worked as a janitor in college for several years and worked on an oil derrick also as a janitor for some time. So I did not hold fancy jobs early on in my career at all. Uh, what did I learn? Uh, I think I probably learned that I didn't want to be a janitor. Uh, and uh, I think I learned how to... Uh, try and influence people and lead a team to get them to all work together. 
because there was just a whole group of teenagers who worked at this baby picture factory, and you needed them all to work together to get a high volume of stuff through. So I think the beginnings of how to manage people and uh, do so in a fashion that um, makes them happy and not makes them feel like you're being a dictator. Absolutely, 100%. Um, you know, for me, when I, my, when I look at my first job, the motivation was I just wanted to, to work, learn, you know, figure things out and, and, um, and build, you know, skill sets. Um, for you, you know, with, you know, working at the baby factory to, um, you know, working, you know, as a janitor, what was the motivation behind it? Was it, was it to make extra money on the side for beer? Was it to, you know, was there something specific that sort of drew you to that? What was the motivation, would you say? You know, I think the motivation was a couplefold. Um, one was I wasn't particularly athletic in high school, and so I felt like I needed to prove myself some other way, and it was to go off and get a job. Uh, and I wanted to uh, be able to uh, have some con more control over my life by having some of my own money. So I think those are the key drivers. Absolutely. Okay, very cool. And then what? at what point did you make a shift into a career move? So you've, you've worked at a few of these places, and then I guess the next question would be, when did you figure out what you wanted to do as a career, and how, you, how did you make that shift from, from working you know, you know, alongside your peers to saying, okay, now I want to take, take my career to the next stage? What, what did you sort of figure yeah. that out? Well, um, my first job after college was uh, marketing credit cards for a small bank. So I was that person that was responsible for sending out millions of pieces of junk mail to get people to sign up for credit cards. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for that job. I was looking for a job, uh, and that was the job I happened to get. And I think probably like a lot of people, you know, chance is what set the course for the rest of my career. That sure. random job I got because I was looking for a job set the course for the rest of my career. Um, uh, and it just so happened that at the time I joined the industry, banks were discovering that credit cards were a really profitable business. So I got into that. Um, I didn't explicitly figure out what I wanted to do as a career. Actually, I sort of backed into it. I, I realized that I was developing deep domain knowledge in an industry, and there was significant demand for that knowledge at that time. So it was just a matter of chance and luck that I happened to get a job in this industry that really ended up being one that was... Um, that was a really quickly growing industry uh, and not a whole lot of people had that knowledge. Um, so I, I was in demand and I continued to pursue a range of jobs in that field because people needed me. It wasn't like I pursued that. They, it was more like they pursued me. Mm -hmm. um, 
Let me stop there for a moment and see if I can answer any questions, but I'm not elaborate on that at all. Yeah, maybe if you could expand. Um, uh, so, so based on on performance now, it's, so it's shifted from just sort of you know day to day clock in clock out to now you you you've established a level of performance. I would I would imagine to uh, that was yep. like to uh, to this party, and now you've you've been able to leverage your skills in a role that you were sought out for. Correct. Uh, yes, uh, and I don't know that it was. I mean, uh, I don't know that it was the level as much as it was the field. So uh, it wasn't so much that people knew my reputation. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But rather, uh, I had developed a skill in an area where there just weren't that many people that had that skill. And so uh, I had job opportunities because there wasn't that much competition. Uh, and I'm, I'm raising that, I'm emphasizing that because it's, it's important and valuable in a, in a career to figure out you know, where is there a valuable niche uh, where you can develop a skill set um, and uh, you can be an expert in it. Absolutely. I think that's a very important thing to point out. A lot of people are told, um, you know, go after what you're passionate in. Do what you love. Um, and there's also another side of that sense where people give the exact opposite advice for someone early stage in their career. And they say, figure out what you're good at and see if you fall in love with it. Which which side of the fence would you say you're on when it comes to that advice for a young person? You know, I think my I think that uh, most people have no clue what you're passionate over, um, and there's no reason why they should have a clue about what they're passionate over because they just don't have that much experience out in the world, um, and so you know, I personally think that uh, people should go out and try a bunch of different stuff. And they should, they should reflect on what they think they're pretty good at. They should reflect on what they think uh, jobs related to that uh, might be like. But, you know, they don't necessarily know what they're really like until they explore them. And they don't necessarily know what the jobs they think they wouldn't like until they explore them. So I think that people really need to go out and experiment a bunch. Try this job and then try that job and then try that job um, and figure out what they're good at and what they like and what they don't. And at the same time, really gain a greater understanding of business in general. So the whole purpose is not to just understand what we're good at, but also to understand how what these different jobs are about and wherever you end up, how do you connect with all of these other jobs? Um, and that's a really important thing to, to understand as well. You have to understand what, what ultimately you like and what you're good at. And you have to understand how you can do it well. And you can do it well when you understand what other people's jobs are all about as well. Absolutely. 
A hundred percent. hundred percent. So, yeah. So moving, moving through your career path, you've now entered into, you know, different roles, different companies, um, you know, based on your skill and your performance. How did you make the shift from moving into some very well sought after companies like Visa, CyberSource, uh, and then eventually Google? You know, these are companies that have, you know, thousands of applications, uh, you know, you know, coming in their doors every single day. How did, how did that sort of come about? So, as I said, I was hired by miscellaneous banks to market credit cards. I developed a certain degree of uh, you know, detailed domain knowledge in that space. And that made it easy to get into Visa because I had a unique set of knowledge that not, a lot, not many people had. Um, I'll talk about Visa a little bit because I think it's important to understand um, – what Visa was like, and to be and for people to be thoughtful about companies that might be like Visa. Um, I I stayed at Visa for eight years. It was a good job for probably three of those years, and not a very good job for about five of those years. And that's because it was uh, largely a monopoly. It didn't innovate much. It was incredibly slow moving and risk averse, and I spent much longer there than I should have. Uh, I there there weren't that many other companies in the Bay Area that did what they did, and uh, I became somewhat complacent. Um, but uh, I, in my 30s, I would be staying awake at night, worrying, "Oh my God, is this the only field I'm ever going to be in? And is the is this the only company I'm ever going to work at?" Uh, and are my skills uh, atrophying because I'm basically working for a virtual monopoly? Um, and uh, so I'm just raising this because it's really important to be thoughtful about whether the company that you work for is one that is going to continue to challenge you and can, can continue to train you and can prepare you for a, uh, a lengthy career. Or are they going to train you in things that are only relevant to them? Or are they going to move slow? Or are they going to uh, get you used to a culture that is slow moving when the rest of the world is fast moving? Hmm. Can, I, can I elaborate on that? Because otherwise I'll move on to how I got out of Visa and, uh, and how I moved through on to, on to Google. So no, please elaborate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What sort of... Uh, what are things someone should look for when, when in, you know, potentially experiencing uh, that type of situation? Yeah, I think you have to look at your job and uh, confirm that you're uh, that you're continuing to learn, and that you're learning things that are relevant to the broader world besides uh, just your company that they're developing skills that will make you competitive in the marketplace. Um, and they're continuing to, and, and you can see a path in front of you that is one that will be, uh, that promises um, bigger responsibilities and solving harder problems. Um, and if it does, great. 
And if it doesn't, look at the next role. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Awesome. So you realize that some, there was, was there, was there some moment where you realized, okay, Visa is not working out and you started opening your horizons to other companies or did someone approach you? So I had a job and actually it was a pretty good job. My last job at Visa, it was, I was responsible for uh, corporate venture investing. So oh, wow. going out to looking for companies that Visa might make investments in. And that was actually a, a good job to have. And it was right at the, at the time that the internet was rising. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I saw the internet as an opportunity to transition out of what I was doing. Hmm. Uh, it just so happened that I invested on behalf of Visa in uh, internet payments technology company called CyberSource, but I made that investment uh, and then jumped off to CyberSource uh, and uh, worked there. Uh, I I almost made a huge mistake in the middle there. Uh, uh, CyberSource offered me a job. I accepted the job. Visa made me a counteroffer and raised my pay substantially. Oh. I decided to go for the money and turned down the job at CyberSource. And then about a few days later, I realized that uh, it was a really dumb decision and uh, I shouldn't just be pursuing the money. And so I had to beg my way back into CyberSource. And uh, that was actually one of the best decisions that I have ever made. Uh, I would have made about almost double the salary by staying at Visa. Wow. That would have been a short-term gain, uh, but uh, a bad long-term decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's so hard right in that moment. You could argue, hey, they're offering me double what I'm making now. I could carve out a good life for myself. I can, you know, do fine and support a family and and not have a worry in the world. And, um, you know, maybe you end up being at Visa for 15, 20, you know, 20 plus years, 25 yeah. years. A number of the people who I worked with then, and I'm talking about the late 90s, are still there. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I could have been a lifer like a number of people. And I'm very glad that that did not happen. Absolutely, absolutely, very, very cool. So that that's a that makes a lot of sense, and and that's 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 great insight. You saw an opportunity with a booming industry, and you know felt felt the experience that you had developed with Visa was adequate. Moved into CyberSource. How did Google come up, come into fruition? How did you get approached there? Uh, so. Uh, CyberSource had developed this technology that allowed online businesses to accept payment from consumers around the globe. And this was right when e-commerce was really booming. So there was lots and lots of businesses that needed this uh, technology and needed this knowledge. Google yeah. was one of those companies. Um, Google was, you know, had an international presence very quickly. 
and they were looking for ways to accept money from you know people in outer Mongolia and uh, Australia and Lithuania, etc. Uh, someone referred me to them. Um, the the way that I learned about the job is a bit funny. I got a I got a voicemail message, right, a phone call, and it went to voicemail, and it was some woman who was saying. Uh, I'm calling from George Ray's office, and he would like to call you. Uh, please call back tomorrow. Oh, wow. uh, just like you know, I had no idea who George Ray's was. I <laughs> thought I was a stockbroker or something like that. And so I ignored it for a couple of days, and then I called back at like 7 o'clock at night a couple of days later, knowing that I would probably get some voicemail. And I said, listen, I don't know who George Ray's is, but I'll be around tomorrow. I got a, another voicemail message the next day saying George Ray's the CFO of Google, and he would like to talk to you. Didn't say why, but I was intrigued, and ultimately found out that they were looking for somebody to help them build out their um, payments. Uh, and so that started about a four-month interviewing cycle. Uh, I'm actually... Uh, surprised that I ever got hired because, as I said, uh, Google was a client of CyberSource, and they were trying to implement some, uh, some of CyberSource's functionality, and it was failing. So I would be going to meetings during the day as a representative of CyberSource with Google and have them tear me up one side and down the other, and then a couple of hours later come back as a, as a candidate and interview. I love it. Um... Yeah, so I mean that's so that's incredible that they uh, were there was a specific a specific solution that they felt that you could help solve, right? Um, on, you know, at, on a on a on a large a large scale with with Google, yeah. correct? Yeah, I mean that basically gets to the point about having developing some specialized skill. Uh, so I think. And, you know, we can get into this later on, but you know, people have to make a decision in their career about uh, are they going to be a specialist or are they going to be a generalist? Uh, are you going to know something very in, in great detail or are you going to know marketing in general? Are you going to know accounting in general, but you can bounce all over the place? Um, and uh, I made the choice to be a specialist. And... I got lucky that it happened to be uh, in an area that was in high demand. Absolutely. That's huge. Right place, right time. That specialist in right. that field. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, great. Let's shift the conversation a little bit from that to, um, I'm, and, and I'm sure this might encompass some of the previous roles you had, Visa, CyberSource, uh, as well as Google. Um, but let's talk a little bit, at, you know, about the time, your time as a VP. You know, what would you say? You know, you're 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 vice president. You have you have people under you. Um, I'm sure at any point in time you had you know a lot of people working for you. You know, what would you say is the most important quality that you valued as a as a VP um, on your on your team? Yeah, there. Uh, get the, help the team solve its grander goals. Help me solve my uh, agenda. Being able to see beyond your own day-to-day -day task and determine where you can apply 
your skills to help the team the most. Absolutely. Uh, and that makes the company grow and scale fast and why, um, you know, organizations are able to, you know, hit targets that are way above uh, the goals that they set. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, what would you say your methodology is when it comes to hiring and firing? I've, you know, a lot of people have very different viewpoints on this subject. Uh, you know, some say hire fast, fire faster. Uh, you know, others say, you know, you know, you know, don't worry so much about getting the perfect candidate, right? But when it's time to scale, you want to make sure everyone can do, you know, most of the of the of the roles, and it's and you should be, you know, very quick and and agile when it comes to, uh, you know, those practices. What's your thoughts? Hire slow and fire fast. Mm. Okay. Uh, and it makes a huge difference in who you hire. And so you should be really careful and thoughtful about it. And once you think things really aren't working out very well, you should definitely try to uh, make them work out. You should definitely uh, make sure that you're, you know, coaching people and you're giving them proper guidance and giving them an opportunity to uh, recover if they're having issues. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, people get attached or they don't want to disrupt a, fl a certain flow or what have you, and then before you know it, right. Sure. It's just, right. Yeah. yeah, things can suffer very quickly. Understood. Absolutely. Um, piggybacking off of this subject. You as a hiring manager, uh, for someone who, who was coming in to be potentially on your team, you know, um, what would be the number one thing that would ruin an interview for you as a hiring manager that someone could, someone could do wrong or, or just sort of ruin the, ruin the meeting and <laughs> uh, to where you would have to probably walk up and leave the room? You know, I, I don't know that I can think of one thing in particular. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of things, and probably when this interview is over, I'll think of three more that are higher, but I'll just give you a couple off the top of my head. No yeah. um, one is speaking poorly of your current employer or suggesting that your current company is old school. Um, because it makes me concerned that I'm hiring someone who has inferior skills or is nasty or both. So if someone says, oh, you know, I really want to join Google or Facebook or wherever, because you guys are doing the latest and greatest stuff, and well, my current company, we're just not learning that stuff, and we're just so far behind. And on the one hand, I appreciate that. On the other hand, it makes me think, well, gosh, if you're so far behind, do I really want to hire you? I'd rather right. you tell me that you're bringing something to the table that I don't have uh, and mm -hmm. I'm going to benefit from, not that I'm going to have to spend a bunch of time bringing you up to speed. Um, so I think people can, in an in interest to be either you know, fully honest or to be modest, they can, they can kind of uh, do themselves harm. Uh, and if people speak poorly about their boss or their peers, I just don't respect it. 
Well, I guess last couple of questions, um, you know, we're going to try to have this sort of being a, being a routine with, with each person we interview is how important is career navigation to you or was to you? And I guess, you know, you know, sort of what I'm asking is, you know, you know, did you ever feel that you were navigating your career in the direction you wanted it to go? Or did you sort of let things happen? How important was that to you? early on, later on in terms of what you're doing now with, with coaching people and what you're, where you've been able to take your, your career now, how important is that to you? Um, I think actually career navigation is really important. Uh, and I think almost, uh, almost a hundred people, excuse me, almost hundred percent of people, uh, kind of neglect it. And so I think that people need to be a, a bit more thoughtful about how they navigate their careers than they typically are. Um, and it just, it's not that challenging. Uh, but uh, if I had to give advice to people who are 10 or 15 years into their career and have a career of longevity and growth, the first part of a career is about is to figure out what is appropriate for you. And you would figure that out by testing multiple jobs and understanding what you like and what you're good at and bad at. I think that first part of your career, you start develop, you start developing a reputation as someone who others want to work with uh, and who others can rely upon. And that is a really big part of uh, career planning is establishing a network of people who know you and like you and respect you. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, building, I mean, uh, and toward that end, uh, developing and being thoughtful about developing relationships early on and finding mentors and being willing to knock on the door of people and asking them to be your mentor. Or even if they don't come and tap on your shoulder. More often than not, people are not going to come and tap on your shoulder and say, oh, we think you're somebody who's full of potential. We want to guide you along. Um, and so people have to be bold and be able to, and be willing to go out and say, you know, I'm really thinking of doing this or that. Uh, I, I'd love, wonder if you can give me some advice. Not necessarily, will you be my mentor from now until the end of time, because in most cases, people don't know who the hell you are and may not be willing to commit to a long-term relationship, but they'll commit to helping with a, you know, having a cup of coffee or having a lunch, and maybe that extends into something else. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Really, really advise people to develop strong skills in critical areas that are necessary in all jobs. Um, like sales and influencing and presentations and analysis and project management. And I, I, ultimately, I think your, your passion will ultimately find you and will find you faster if you're open to the concept that uh, you can find it in an environment or in a product or in, in a certain leader or in a certain set of colleagues and not just in a specific role. Mm -hmm. So that's that's sort of the the, the foundation that I think would, uh, is is helpful to people to set their careers uh, along a good path. Absolutely.
Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Um, thank you so much for taking the time, Tracy. Um, wonderful conversation, learning about, uh, you know, the, the pathways you chose and the decisions you made and, and, and why you chose them. And, uh, you know, really appreciate you taking the time with us today to uh, discuss all those things. My pleasure.